I know the families of people who serve are always worried for their loved ones as they step forward to serve their communities to keep the rest of us safe. Uh, and I can't imagine what those families are going through. Please know that we stand with you as families. We stand with all uh, those who step up to serve and protect us all. Public safety for all of us has become such a big issue, you know, during and after the pandemic, and especially for police officers. You heard there from the Prime Minister. You know, for decades, the stats remained about the same, about two or fewer officers per year killed on the job. But since the fall of 2022, eight. That's a lot. What is going on? Now, there are questions about policing and how we police our communities right across the country. If we change that, if we changed how we police or police or how we trained police, could that help improve our situation? Well, Dr. Michael Andrew Artfeld is a former police officer and associate professor of criminology and literature at Western University and joins us now to talk more about this. Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. So tell me, you've been looking at the way we train police. Is that right? Uh, significantly, yeah. And in fact, uh, my PhD dissertation examined uh, police murders in specific and, and the relation to training. Okay. And what did you find? Well, uh, what I found 10 years ago and what we're seeing now are demonstrably different. Uh, back then, as you stated, police fatalities in Canada were relatively rare. We looked to the U.S. for most of the scenarios or most of the, the, the fatal incidents that were used uh, to develop scenario-based training in Canada. And now, it actually, it seems to be the inverse. U.S. fatalities among law enforcement officers are down 80% over the last two years, and in Canada, we're seeing a, a shift the other way, which is concerning. And what do you think, would like if we changed training, would that help? And in what way do you think we could change training? Well, the officer safety and use of force training in Canada is actually pretty state-of-the-art and draws from uh, models around the world. What, what the issue is, is a lot of the training is centered around what policing model is used. And in Canada, we've increasingly relied on community-based policing, uh, whereas when you look to Europe, you see more of uh, intelligence-led policing. So a lot of policing that relies on informants and relies on technology versus trying to insert police into the lives of everyday citizens in every possible scenario, which obviously inevitably leads to uh, potential confrontations. Okay. And so is this, is this a problem that is happening Everywhere, do you think, Dr. Arnfield? Or is this a Canadian situation, or is this happening everywhere? Well, I mean, it, it, it's a dangerous profession uh, by nature, but uh, Canada uh, is, is certainly, unfortunately, now sort of an outlier when you see, again, in the U.S., which you stereotypically associate with uh, sort of ambush-style attacks on police and anti-government rhetoric uh, and extremism. And you see fatalities and, and lethal incidents down significantly, and, and as well as in Europe and in Canada, uh, which, again, is still clinging to this community-based model. Uh, this I, I don't want to say it's a trend yet. Six months isn't enough to, to constitute a trend, but certainly a, a wave of violence against police. It, it's highly concerning. Right. You said six months is not a trend. I get that. But something has, seems to have changed, though, right? Like, I think cities everywhere are noticing that there is just something different going on on the streets. So 
rethinking the way we, you know, police our communities, do you think it's time we're due for that, essentially? Yeah, you sum it up perfectly when you say that every citizen, there's something palpable when you're walking around that it's just it's, it's not the Canada that we were accustomed to. And uh, I mentioned this in a couple of other interviews uh, that, I mean, this is the legacy of some very poor government decision making, whereby years ago they shuttered most inpatient uh substance misuse and mental health facilities, and you have obviously uh, reforms made to the bail system. I mean, I I just read that uh, someone had attacked two police officers in Stanley Park on the weekend that was released within hours. So, I mean, this is the reality. Right. But it worked for a time, though, right? Like, I guess all those things were popular ideas at the time, but now we have this perfect storm where they've all seemed to come together to cause what we see happening. Precisely. And I mean, no one set out to create uh, a more dangerous Canada, or at least we'd like to think that. But yeah, service to these novel ideas uh, was uh, fashionable at the time. And you're right, they've, they've all sort of come to a head simultaneously, whereby uh, it's extraordinarily dangerous to walk in a park or look at uh, the situation in Toronto on the transit system, which right. looks like New York in the 80s. It's okay, so speaking of New York in the 80s then, right? So in response to what was happening there, they changed how they police in the community, didn't they? Significantly. And uh, again, how times change. I mean, this was a, at the time, Rudy Giuliani was, quote unquote, uh, America's mayor. And uh, his his hardline tough on crime tactics, which have since been deemed unconstitutional, there's no question, uh, changed the um the, the safety parameters of that city. Now, those methods could not be used today, the stop and frisk tactics and, and other methods, but um, it's time to reevaluate, like I said, looking at evidence-based policing, intelligence-led policing like is done in Northern Ireland and England, and, uh, and, and, and really sort of follow the science. Okay, what does that mean, though? What does intelligence-led policing mean? So evidence-based policing and intelligence-led policing rely on data versus novel liberal ideas about how to uh, deploy officers, uh, how to respond to trends in crime, looking at, uh, again, uh, partnering with uh, private sector and universities. So this is done significantly in Europe, whereby police have recognized that they, they're not necessarily the best authorities on uh, how to deploy their own officers, and they have to respond to what scientists criminologists uh, and, and, and political scientists uh, deemed to be the best use of resources. So, uh, again, we saw this in Toronto where maybe we can redeploy officers on the subway, not as a Band-Aid solution, but develop more of a transit-based policing system like they have in New York, which, again, was developed in the 90s to curb crime versus putting officers in, in elementary schools. You know, what else I've noticed, I was in New York uh, in December, and every time I go there, there's one thing that strikes me about how they police there. It's so visible, right? It is police officers not in their cars, walking on the streets, on the street corners. You don't really see that in a lot of cities, do you? No, you don't. And uh, in Canada, they like to call that, again, community-based policing for a while, being out in the community. But it's it's the numbers, you're right, that matter. It's the visibility that matters. I may give you a quick uh, scenario. Toronto, for instance, I don't have the numbers immediately available for Vancouver, but Toronto Police Service has a jurisdiction over about 5.5 million people and has uh, about uh, 5,000 officers. Uh, Metropolitan London, England, 
a little bit bigger, uh, about 8 million people. Guess how many officers they have compared to Toronto's, you know, 5,000. I don't know. How many? 35,000. So for 2 million more people, you've got seven times the number of officers. So they are ubiquitous. They are visible. Uh, again, this is a global city that faces terror threats, IRA threats historically. That's what caused them to boost their numbers. But when you look at, again, safety on the transit system, when you look at just being able to walk around and not be attacked with a hammer, uh, they, they, they figured out that, yeah, having officers visible, is, is uh, that's not community policing. That is, again, just common sense. Okay, so then is there any indication then uh, that they that we are rethinking sort of the way we train officers or how we police our communities? Uh, the only indication of that, and again, this was just uh, national news yesterday, is that uh, police chiefs are now finally sort of uh, closing ranks uh, and developing sort of a lobby group to approach the government about uh, discussions regarding these very issues, including bail reform. And uh, unfortunately, it's taken uh, numerous lives, not only the lives lost, but those collaterally impacted other officers, these officers' families, uh, for there finally to be a call to action on this. Uh, Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you.